Welcome to another episode of the Seafood News Podcast Show. I am SeafoodNews.com and Erner Berry editor Michael Ramsing. We are reporting from Tom's River, New Jersey. We are back from Las Vegas, Nevada. We were in attendance at Erner Berry's Executive Conference and Marketing Seminar uh, for the egg and poultry industry. By all accounts, it was another great show. It was the 41st edition of this said conference. Uh, been several years now, several decades, I believe, in the Las Vegas uh, area now, and it was it was great. The speakers were engaging and entertaining. The content was satisfying and interesting. The food was spectacular, uh, and of course, Vegas continues to provide all of its entertainment value, as as some of you are probably aware. Uh, for those of you that might work in a company that deal within the egg and poultry industries and have not attended this show, I highly suggest you check it out. Head over to earnerberry.com forward slash executive to learn more about this conference. Uh, The content is fantastic and the networking opportunities are especially unique. We even had a couple seafood people come in to experience the show for the first time and they really enjoyed just the format and the structure of it. Uh, I've attended several trade shows now in my career, uh, and, I, and I can tell you that this is one of the more unique and well-run shows that I've ever been to. Throw away my bias because I work for the company, but really, it, it's a unique, well-run event. And for those of you who are interested in checking it out, at least from an egg and poultry standpoint, you should definitely do so next year. Uh, we have dates already scheduled. I don't know what they are off the top of my head, but we will be at the Aria Resort and Casino next year, again in Las Vegas. So go please check that out. Uh, today's program is brought to you by Erner Berry's A Compliance Guide for Selling Seafood in the United States. We now have an online version of the book. Uh, you can get it in a PDF format. Simply call or head over to shop.earnerberry.com or call us at 732-240-5330 to learn more about how you can purchase the book. There's a special deal if you buy both the hardcover and the online edition. So remember, the Compliance Guide is uh, one of those useful guides that we've uh, per- that we've published in partnership with Scott Zimmerman of Safe Quality Seafood Associates down in Miami, and it offers a fully comprehensive look at how you need to go about maintaining compliance against all the federal regulations required by the Food and Drug Administration, NIMS, and the, and the Customs Department. It's a very well-done, well-organized book. And it also comes with some really nifty uh, audit checklists in the back. These are custom-made by Scott himself. Uh, he's an expert auditor, and he's put together these checklists that really get do a good job of teaching you what compliance standards you need to be made aware of and how you need to approach compliance at your facilities. It's a, it's a much-needed uh, book for, for those that are trading seafood in, the, in this country. So go ahead and check that out, shop.underberry.com, or give us a call, 732-240-5330. So we've been away from you guys now for about a week, but a lot of news has come through the, the, the wires uh, since we have last spoken to you guys. So I guess we'll get right into it here. Uh, remember, all of these stories can be found on Ernerberry's Comtel and SeafoodNews.com. The first story that we want to touch on is with Dungeness Crab. And what we have here is a report that says West Coast sales and shipments going to China, this would be a live Dungeness Crab exports going to China, 
could be faced with a roadblock. Uh, now, this would be yet another impediment to U.S. Dungeness crab shipments to the Chinese market. This time, it is due to cadmium, an element um, that might have been detected in some crabs. We have fishermen uh, reporting to us that a couple processors dropped their ex-vessel prices because live shipments to China either slowed or stopped. These shipments usually buoy sales for Dungeness crab on the West Coast uh, in the spring and summer once the main uh, once the main Dungeness season slows down. But now it's looking like those shipments are being limited because of the potential of this cadmium problem in in the crabs. We're still trying to get confirmation uh, from the Canadian authorities that are that fishermen are saying or are telling them that the cadmium is is a problem. You'll recall that last year uh, shipments to China were held up and banned because of the presence of demolic acid in U.S. crabs. So now we have another contamination problem that could be affecting the sale of crabs to the Chinese market for these Dungeness crab fishermen. It's, it's a very interesting development and one that we'll be sure to track as we go forward. Now, it was the first week of the month, which always means that we get a fresh round of uh, import data and refusal data from the federal government. And first, we'll touch on the refusal data from the FDA. And here we have uh, a decline in refusals uh, in the month of April. And for the year to date, uh, the line item uh, number of seafood items that were refused by the FDA was down 33% compared to last April. Uh, for the year, seafood refusals are down 24%. That's 200 byline items compared to this time last year. Now, really, it looks like there are declines in tuna, snapper, and lobster that are really impacting the total refusal figures this year versus last year. We have severe declines in tuna rejections, snapper rejections, and lobster rejections, while shrimp rejections are really about the same uh, from the same time last year. Filth continues to be the top reason for the you know the top violating reason for the refusals, but even there, the market share or the share of the refusals for filth has gone from uh, about 60% of the rejections from last year to about 40% of the rejections from last year. So it's good news if you're trading in, in tuna, snapper, or lobster, your product does not appear to be at as much risk as it was last year. But if you're a shrimp trader, you certainly still need to be mindful of who your suppliers are overseas, who you're dealing with, uh, make sure that, the, that your suppliers are off the red list or on a green list. It's, it's an important element uh, here uh, for the trade because shrimp just never really seems to go away as a target by the FDA. Uh, there's no specific reason uh, that you can point out for shrimp rejections. They are pretty e evenly distributed uh, among filth, antibiotics, and salmonella. So really, it's just a matter of, of being mindful and careful about who you're supplying your shrimp from overseas. Uh, we'll continue to, to follow the import refusals on foreign trade data. Uh, please check that out as you can. As for uh, imports, uh, the Department of Commerce released their latest data and what we're seeing here is is really just the same story as we had the last time, and it really is with India. India is fueling this market in the U.S. at levels not really ever seen before. What we're looking at here is a 31.8% increase over last year uh, through or in the month of March uh, for the quarter 
Uh, we're looking at Indian shipments up 32.7% compared to the, this time last year. Uh, that equates to about 20 million more pounds of shrimp coming from India to the U.S. market uh, this quarter versus last quarter. They are on a tear. India now accounts for a full 25% of the U.S. market for imported shrimp. Actually, that specific figure is 27%. Last year, India accounted for 20% of the market at this time last year. So you can just see what the importance of the Indian market is to supply the U.S. market with shrimp. This is at the same time that you have declines in imports from Thailand, Vietnam, and Ecuador. For the Ecuadorians, they continue to sell more shrimp to the European and Asian markets. This is really a function of spec preferences. The Chinese market will take a head-on shrimp while the U.S. buyer prefers a headless shrimp. The Ecuadorians prefer to produce a head-on shrimp, so they find it easier to sell to that market over in China. Uh, meanwhile, you have uh, Vietnamese imports are, are really struggling here. Uh, they're having uh, uh, raw material issues, and they're being—they're actually really required to buy more raw material from overseas suppliers in order to even plug their processing needs. Uh, so we're, we're seeing issues out of Vietnam there. Uh, Indonesia continues to kind of hum along. They are firmly in place as the second largest shrimp supplier to the U.S. market. Really, no story there. Uh, another noteworthy uh, issue. Uh, another noteworthy market is Argentina. Uh, they produce a, a cold water red shrimp, which we actually here at Interberry had a chance to sample a couple months ago. It was It's very tasty. It's a larger cold water shrimp. Uh, it's got a sweeter taste. Uh, it's not as firm, but it it's almost eats like a, like a like a langostino, like a lobster. It's, it's, it's quite interesting. It's a, it's a good shrimp. And we're seeing a lot of imports come in into the U.S. market from there. And as a matter of fact, Erner Berry is on its way towards quoting a, a red shrimp item you know on its seafood price current so we are taking uh, any kind of comments and, and input into that market that we can you can feel free to call us 732-240-5330 to you know get in on the market action there and, and ask us and and get and put in your your information there and we'll try to get a, a an argentine red shrimp quote going not much else to report there on the uh, on the shrimp import front i guess one other uh item that we did mention again was it was ecuador and its continued dominance in the uh, chinese market and we have a separate report coming out of china uh where the expectation is for uh ecuador's shrimp sales to china should be over 50% of the production, they expect 50% of their white ship production to be sold to the Asian, into the Asian market. So again, you can, can you the, the belief is that we'll we'll continue to see the United States' share of Ecuadorian shrimp shrink, while the Chinese share will continue to increase, uh, which should give more room for India to kind of you know increase its shipments. All these things are kind of cognizant, and, and they they all depend on continued production out of India and. And we'll see how that trends as we go forward into 2017, particularly now that the Indian harvesting period, we are we are now really approaching the bulk of where we're going to see a lot of that, that production out of India. That leaves us with our, our final story of the day that we actually broke when we were in Las Vegas, and that was the announcement by the U.S. International Trade Commission to continue anti-dumping duties on uh, China, India, Thailand, and Vietnamese shrimp imports to the U.S. market. Now, this isn't really uh, a surprise 
according to legal experts and, and to the industry, this is because the Trade Commission generally upholds duty decisions when they already are in place 70 to 80% of the time. Uh, this was after, now this vote was taken up because of the five cent, the five-year sunset review period to try to squash the duties and, and argue that imported shrimp does not pose a dumping threat to uh, the U.S. market. That's just not what the commission found in its ruling. So that means that uh, commerce will continue to levy import tariffs on shrimp uh, from these countries. Now, you'll look at the data and, and kind of get an idea that, you know, China, India, Thailand, Vietnam, they combined last year to account for 55% of the total imported volume. They were 53% of the shipments through the first quarter of the year. India alone, as we just said, is 27% of the market. So, well, well you, you can continue to expect to, to have tariffs uh, levied on, on these shipments. Uh, our latest story kind of reviews some of where we are with, with, with the tariffs. Preliminarily, India is looking at a 1.07% rate uh, countrywide. Thailand is looking at a, a 0.081% rate countrywide. Vietnam was finalized at a 4.78% rate for individual exporters. Uh, the countrywide rate for Vietnam was assessed at 25.76, but that's a little that rate is a little strange because remember Min Phu, the, the largest shrimp supplier from Vietnam to the US market, they're exempt from any duties. The bottom line here is continue to expect to, to see duties placed on uh, shrimp imports from these top suppliers. Uh, the one other takeaway from that court ruling, from that commission ruling, was uh, there was no threat of dumping of Brazilian shrimp on the US market, but Brazil has been out of this market for, for a while now. Uh, they have no shipments recorded through through this year, and I think they only had maybe half a container's worth of, of shrimp recorded uh, through the last half of, through, through all of last year. So we're looking at very minimal amounts of shrimp that are entering the market, if at all, from Brazil. So the, the commission just voted to uh, do away with duties altogether. So that's really what the what we wanted to talk to you guys about today that makes up the bulk of our show. Uh, we, again, do uh, thank all of our attendees who might be listening to this program who are in Las Vegas for the Executive Conference and Marketing Seminar. Uh, doubly goes for our sponsors. Without any of you, it, it really wouldn't exist. It was a record attendance again or near record attendance again. It was over 450 people. It's great to really meet that side of the business and the industry. Again, we urge any seafood listeners out there who are curious about this conference to please, you know, do some research. And if you think you can get value out of it, attend. Uh, it's it's worth it. It's a really fun time, and it's an educational time, and it's great, you know, to just kind of broaden your horizons there. Uh, again, and also uh, a shout out to our speakers. Uh, they did a great job. It was great meeting all of you, and um, you know, in years time, we'll we'll bring you guys back. We some of you guys are parent or annual attendees, and we always look forward to working with you guys and, and getting good content together for a good show. That really sum- wraps up most of the traveling season at this point. The National Restaurant Association is the next up at bat for Erner Barry. We'll have some people there. So look for us there in Chicago. I'll, I'll get you a booth number on the next program. Uh, other than that, uh, it is Friday. It's a little rainy here in New Jersey, but we are certainly prepared for for a weekend it's it's been a a long slog here with uh shows and uh trips and stuff like that so we're kind of getting towards that that summer schedule here Uh, memorial day is just around the corner uh things are are looking up for the weather so 
we'll see what the news brings us as we creep closer to Memorial Day. Uh, until then, uh, remember you can log in to Erner Berry's Comtel at ubcomtel.com to get more market information and news quotations. And you can always check out seafoodnews.com for premium seafood industry news, analysis, and commentary. Uh, remember, I'm Michael Ramsing uh, with Erner Berry and Seafood News. Uh, we'll talk to you all guys later. Uh, thanks a lot.